Good morning, Church on the Rock. I trust that you are well and in health today. I know you are. We began a new series last week entitled Habits. Man, I can't express how much passion I have for this subject. I can't describe what I believe is possible if we'll hear God's word and apply it over these next several weeks. I believe that this is going to redirect the trajectory of so many lives in a direction that would not only be God-honoring, but it will help us all to have a better life. I believe there's a new normal that God has for us. You know, being in isolation this last few weeks as fire brings up the dross in gold, the testing and the trials and the isolation to me has brought up some things in our lives personally, maybe with our spouses or with our children, maybe different behaviors to where we're like, man, I really don't know where that came from. We, we didn't know that it was there and maybe we've adapted some bad habits that we didn't recognize were there. So that's something good that's coming out of this time. And man, you talk about second chances. Wow. Think about that. If you talk about second chances, a time to reset, a time that we can get rid of some of these bad habits and begin to implement some good ones, this is the time. It just seems normal and natural. Last week, we talked about how James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, he said these four things, winners and losers, successful people and unsuccessful people, they have the same goals. He also said goals don't determine your success, but systems or habits or actions, they determine success. And then he said, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems or your habits or your practices. And then he ended by saying, if we will fix what we do, how we live and the habits we make, the outcomes, think about this, the outcomes will fix themselves. You know, there's some wrong thinking that we addressed last week that we need to correct. Wrong thinking says some, some small bad decisions really don't matter. And some small good decisions really don't matter. But right thinking knows this, that our life is a sum total of the small and the good daily decisions that we make. And you know, this is why so many people around us, we see some people crunching it, while other people, man, we're failing miserably at things. Last week, we concluded with three things. It's because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And two, we said that we focus on the what and we don't understand the how. And then finally, we said that many of us, we want to see the progress and we want to see it happen. And when we don't see it happen instantly, we get discouraged and so we stop trying. Today, I want to bounce forward that from that and I want to talk about a healthy identity. A healthy identity to me is the key. It's the game changer in creating these good habits and breaking the bad ones that we might have had. Write this down. If you could sum up a big thought today, write this down. The, to, the who has to come before the do. I want to say that again. The who has to come before the do. You know, the enemy tries to distort our identity and he tries to sabotage our future success. He tries to connect us to a failed identity. You failed, so you're a failure. You're bad, 
So that means that you're bad. You know, living in a small town, people get labeled as a, a druggie or, or somebody that's poor, or somebody that's not influential, and it's hard for them to ever break that label. But with God, all labels are being broken. When you look at some of the most effective people in the Bible, you can see people who battled with identity issues. You know, somewhere along the way, Moses didn't live up to his own expectation. And when God called him to do something great, he said this, I'm not a good public speaker. I'm not a good leader. Nobody will follow me. Nobody will listen to me. The reason is because he identified with some failure along the way and it sabotaged, sabotaged his true potential of what God had for him. You know, Amos said, oh, I'm just a shepherd. What can God do with a shepherd? Gideon, he was nervous and insecure. He said, I'm poor. Uh, I'm poor. I'm unqualified. I, I have so many shortcomings. I'm a failure. And so when God came to him, he was like, I'm the weakest in the community. How can I lead? And I think the Apostle Paul on a New Testament example, he really struggled. He said, I'm unqualified. I'm not good enough. Do you know what I've done? Man, I've done things against God's people. I'm the least, he said. I feel incredibly unworthy. He said, I'm always messing up. And last week we read in Romans 7, he said, I try to do what's right and I don't. And I find out that I know what's right, but I never do what I know is right. And he said, what a miserable person I am. Have you been labeled by yourself? Well, this is just the way I am. Have you been labeled by society where they're like, I mean, we always knew it stands to reason that that it's like that for him. Or the enemy saying, you'll never be good enough. Or maybe you said, I've got an addictive personality, so I might as well take another drink. I might as well take another puff. I might as well take another look, right? We think that. And then some say, well, I'm not good with money. I never will be good with money, so I might as well go shopping and not worry about anything. Or maybe you said, I'm not a disciplined person. I've never been disciplined. I've never been able to be organized. I've never been able to have relationships. I can't seem to ever get it done. I'm undisciplined. It's an issue of identity. There's an identity issue. And here's what happened. An, an, an unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Then the unwise habits reinforce the unhealthy identity that we think we have. And it's like a vicious cycle. We don't see ourselves as godly. So we don't live godly. Therefore, because we're not living godly, it reinforces you must not be godly. It's a vicious cycle and it's so hard to get off of. It's very, very negative. I want to tell you, you are not an old sinner saved by grace. You're a new creature that's created in Christ Jesus. You're not rehabilitated or restored or made better. You are a brand new person. You are a new creature. That's why we're going to do something very, very different in this sermon series. Good habits don't start with what you need to do. Good habits start with who do you want to become? And when you realize who you want to become, then that true biblical identity will shape your actions. It'll shape your habits. It'll shape the, the things that you do. Who you want to be 
It's a fundamental choice. And that identity shapes your actions on what you will do. Like you might say, man, I want to be a generous giver. If you're like, the who is, I want to be a generous giver. Well, the do will just naturally happen. When you go to the store, you'll get some gift cards or you'll tie the church or you'll serve people or you give your time because the who that you want is to be a generous person. So the do and the habit and the action will follow the who. If you say, I want to be a good spouse, a partner, a great parent, a good worker, a great friend. I want to be a lover of God. That's who I want to be. When you believe that you are those things, that you are that good husband, your actions will support that identity. Remember, it's the who before the do. It's the who before, you do, before the do. Identity goals are one aspect of discovering this healthy identity. Often when, we, when we're ready to start something new or get rid of a bad habit, we make plans based on, well, I'll do this, this, and this. Instead, we need to start with our goals based on who our God is and who He wants us to be. And then after that, the next step of freedom comes when you start maybe digging into the reason that you're not able to live that out, or you start digging into past hurts or lies that you believed or unforgiveness you might have or mistakes you made in life situations that have brought you to believe that this is the version of yourself, that that's just what it is. But God wants you to dig down into that and He wants you to see the person that He's called you to be. As you discover these lies we're going to begin to replace them with God's truth and what He says about you and what His Word says. A healthy identity is based on what God says about you. And when you know that, that becomes the the foundation for breaking that false identity or that wrong identity and and those bad habits that follow. And you begin to be shaped into a good identity with good habits following. For example, many of us believe the, the lie... I'm always going to be that way. That's an identity-based fear that needs an identity-based truth to attack it. Because the truth says, the Spirit of God didn't give me this spirit of fear. He gave me power. He gave me love and an ability to have self-control. I want to ask you, what are some identity-based lies that you can replace with the truth of God's Word? word. Who do you want to become? When people describe you, what do you want them to say? We need to focus on the who before we begin to work on the do. You might say, I want to be a true man of God. That's a great who goal. You might say, I want to be clean. I want to be sober. Man, that's a fantastic goal. Who goal? I want to be a godly mom, a godly spouse. That's a great who goal. I want to be financially free. It might take four years. It might take seven years. But I want to be generous along the way. And I want to be radically and irrationally generous in all the years to come with myself, my time, and my money. That's a great who goal. I want to be a bold witness. Maybe you want to say I want to be a healthy person. I want to recognize that my body is a gift from God, that it's a temple, that it's a house where the Holy Spirit dwells, 
And I want to make it healthy. So I pose this question today. Before we do the do and the habits, let's start with the who. Who do you want to become? Here's what happens. When you get the who you want to become, identity, your healthy identity will begin to shape the actions. Actions will then reinforce that true identity. And when you know who you are, then it will be natural and you will know what to do. When you, when you know who you want to be, you know who you are, then you'll do the right thing. It, it'll be like an overflow out of an inside wholeheartedness and the who will just stimulate, stimulate the do. Don't start with the do. Start with the who. Who do you want to be? Let's say you're trying to stop smoking or vaping or cigarettes, cigars, whatever. Whatever, whatever people call it, whatever you, we, we might do. And someone says to, to, to you, they say, do you smoke? If you say, nah, I'm trying to quit. What you're doing is you're identifying that you are a smoker and a smoker trying to quit. But what I want to get you to start thinking like, on the other hand, if you say, no, I don't smoke anymore. Your identity is saying that was a part of my past. It's not a part of my future nor my present. Remember, identi identity shapes actions. You may say, but this is just who I am. I can't change that, Brian. Wait a minute. Open up your Bibles. Look on the screen. The Bible says that we know that our old sinful self in our old sinful life, we were slaves through habits and practices. But we were crucified with Christ. Notice it says we were crucified with Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our life. Think about that. That bad habit, that sin, that identity. The scripture says it will lose its power in your life. You're no longer a slave to sin. For when, when we died with Christ, look at this. We were, read that with me. We were set free from the power of sin. Now you are not a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin and habits and bad actions. You were crucified with Christ. You died with Christ. You're no longer a slave. Now you are a slave. You are still a slave, but you're a slave to righteous living. You're a slave to good living because Christ has done this work in you. When you know who you are in Christ, you'll know what to do. Who you... who. Who are you in Christ? Who are we trying to be in Christ? Here's who we are. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are righteous. We are holy. We are set apart. We live righteously because we are righteously. You're more than a conqueror. You live as an overcomer. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You can do all things because Christ's strength will support you. Paul said, oh... What a miserable person I am. Stop saying that. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Oh, what a terrible person I am. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Remember this. Oh, thanks be to God. 
Oh, thanks be to God. His son, Jesus Christ, the Lord, has set me free. I'm no longer a slave to bad habits and wrong decisions. I'm a slave to Christ and his righteousness. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. We've talked about negative identity. Let me show you what healthy identity can look like. A positive, healthy identity, it creates positive habits. Habits like, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great granddad. Then that will produce, I love my wife and kids. I love spending time with them. I love intimate talks. We share meals together. Habits will begin to form from the person that I want to be. I want to be a godly man. I want to love God with all my heart. Therefore, hey, I fast. I pray. I read the word. I I, I seek time with the Lord. I'm disciplined. I'm working out. I eat clean. Positive, healthy identity creates positive habits. Because positive, healthy identity creates healthy habits. And positive habits then will reinforce the person that you want to be. That is an amazing, good, healthy cycle that I want to be in. I'm a disciplined child of God. I'm a contributor. I give my life away. I'm an ambassador. I'm one who makes a difference in the world. I have a great marriage. We have fun with my family. I have lots of friends that comes out of who I am as Christ. Why? Because positive habits reinforce a healthy identity. You know, I started thinking, Brian, who do you want to become? I'm serious. I've been thinking about this a lot. I really believe that that God's given us a time now with this COVID-19 to reflect and to ponder and to, again, I think things are surfacing that we're skimming out of our life and we're taking an honest look at the person we want to be. If I said to people, what do I want people to say about me when I'm 70 years old? I would want people to say things like this. Brian's a guy who loves Jesus. He's totally obsessed with his wife. He's an amazing dad, but even a better granddad. He's a devoted pastor to the church he loves. And man, he wants to give it all for people. He's a strong leader, but he's compassionate. He believes the best in people and he wants to help people to become the best version of their self and to fulfill what God's called them to be. I think this one's one of my biggest ones. I want people to say, he's a wise steward. You know, that guy takes care of whatever God's entrusted him with whether it's health, influence, marriage, his money, his time, everything he's been given by God, he uses it and he leverages it to bring glory to God. And then I would want people to say something like this. You know, Brian's happy, go lucky, caring. He's enjoying the ride. He's fun to be around. He's rich in friendship. He experiences He's rich in friendship, he's rich in experiences, and he's rich in love. And you know what? He's leaving this earth with one heck of a legacy. That's really what I want people to say. I really do. But when I 
think about that, I'm like, am I all that? No, not yet. Not yet. But I will tell you, I'm pressing towards that goal. Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 12, and you can look at it on your screen. I'll be reading it out of NLT. Paul said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. What you just heard, my hope, my hope or my wish list that, that, that I could be or that people would see. I'm like Paul. I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things. I haven't. Or that I've already reached this perfection. I haven't. But I do do this. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I do focus on this one thing. I forget the past and I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach out, to reach the end of the race and to receive a heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, He's calling me. And one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible I want to close with today. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. He said, but Paul said, until then, but until then, here's my favorite scripture. For by one offering that Jesus Christ made, He has perfected forever those who are striving to be sanctified. So until then, we're going to press forward. We're going to identify healthy identity. We know that good habits are going to shape our actions and our practices. And we know it's going to reinforce that person that God has called us to be. God bless you, Church on the Rock. As we close today, if you could gather your family around you, maybe pull your spouse up close to you. Maybe you're watching this with some friends. Or maybe uh, you're just in our Facebook Live and you would like to maybe write down in the chat space. But I want everybody to participate in this ending. If you would, get two pieces of paper and a pencil. And on one of the pieces of paper, I want you to write down all the lies that you have told yourself, that others have said to you, or lies that the enemy has gotten you to believe. You know, stuff like, you'll never be enough, you're never gonna get it right, you've made too many mistakes. I mean, you guys write it down. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Talk it over with your family, talk it over with your spouse. Man, some of you might say, man, I'm never gonna get that degree, I'm not gonna get out of debt, I'm not gonna find my life partner. Whatever it is, whatever that lie is, I'm not gonna have a family or a career. Go ahead, start writing down whatever lie is sabotaging your future. In the book, Golf's Sacred Journey, an unnamed pro wrote on his golf ball every time he prayed, SFT, SFT. He said, when it comes to hitting a perfect shot, you have to S, see it, F, feel it, and T, trust it. He said when it comes to hitting that shot in golf, that's what he does. But then he became a Christian 
And he said, when it comes to succeeding in life, you have to see God's face, feel His presence, and trust His love and His power. This unnamed pro wrote down these lies because people think they know who it was and they think he maybe had an alcohol problem, but he had some things which, which capped his potential. And when he came to Christ and he came to reason of what it was in his life, he found out that it was a bunch of lies. It was things his father had said to him. It was things that society had told him. It was, it was things that people had said and things he had told himself. The unknown golf pro wrote these lies down. He said, one, my golf scores are a reflection of my self-worth. Two, failure in golf is why I fail in life. Three, success in golf will bring the fulfillment that I'm longing for. Fourth lie, my calling in life is to play golf. Next one, the opinions of others are paramount in the choices that I make. God is a crutch for people that are weak. Tradition is sacred. It's never to be challenged. He, he, these were the lies that he told himself. Now I want you to take those pieces of paper and I want you to take all those lies that you have believed that has framed who you think your identity is. And I want you to do something that may sound a little bit crazy, but I want you to go outside today and I want you to dig a hole. And I want you to bury those lies in a grave. And it's very biblical because we're crucified with Christ, but it also says we're buried with Him. I want you to bury those lies of unhealthy identity. I want you to put it down like a grave. And then on the second piece of paper, after you, once you've buried these lies, I want you to take a pencil and I want you to imagine it's a chisel. And I want you to begin writing your living F page. In other words, what you want to be written on your tombstone. What you want to be. I want you to write that on your piece of paper. Who do you want to be? Write down the truth of God's Word about you. The truth that life, it's about faith. It's about relationship. It's about character. It's about family. It's about integrity. It's about loving God. Write down the truth that God has a purpose and a calling for you. And what that is, it's much deeper than any job, any achievement, any net worth, position, or fame. These truths that you write down, they're going to become a new heartbeat for you. They're going to become your new foundation. I would even encourage you to put it on your mirror at your bathroom, on your visor, in your, in your vehicle. That's what I've done with my who I want to be as a person. These truths will shape your new identity and it'll help you to create the good habits, practices, and actions that will reinforce this true identity. And next week, we're going to be in, begin to get into choices. We're going to begin to get into different things that we want to start putting in our life. So you want to be sure and do that. I want to close today by saying this. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Because no single action will change your identity, but consistent actions over time will start to change how you feel about yourself, and it'll change your surroundings, and it will change your identity. Because 
Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally.